What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. I'm your host, Stanko Zovac. Born and raised in Los Angeles, I'm now living in Zagreb and studying the Croatian language. In this series, I'll be talking with people both in the homeland and around the globe who have connections to Croatia. We'll hear from business owners, returning diaspora, influencers, musicians and artists, athletes, and the biggest Croatian celebrities that will return my calls. But enough about me. Idem odalje, and let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome to the first episode of the Croatia Week podcast. You guys are in for a real treat. This should be a fun one. Uh, our guest today is George Dulcic. George is from Los Angeles and recently quit his job and came out to Zagreb to do a Croatian language program that's offered by the Croatian government. And we're going to talk about that, some other Croatian-related hobbies. Uh, George, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me on, Stanko. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And I have to be honest with you guys. I do know George. We are good friends, actually. We went to high school together, and we both are currently attending this program. So that'll be cool for you guys to get the dual perspective of that. Me and George were roommates here in Zagreb. We attended the program. Unfortunately, yeah. We had a great time, though, aside from having to live with each other for about 10 months. But George recently just went back to Los Angeles, and I'm still here finishing up the semester. Uh, George, why don't you tell us a little bit about this program, where you found it, and you know what it is? Yeah, so basically it's a um, Croatian um, language program for people with Croatian roots. I think I originally found it, or I think you found it on... Um, Total Croatia News, or maybe it was even Croatia Week, and this was at the beginning of um, Corona, when you know I just moved back from New York because of the pandemic and everything, and things were kind of looking bleak and life wasn't that fun. And you had mentioned this uh, language program for people with Croatian roots, and we started to look into it a little bit more, and it seemed really cool because you get a scholarship for Croatian language classes. Um, you get put up in a dorm and then also get a food stipend. So it seemed like you could just seamlessly um, just start living in Croatia without too many hassles. And that's something that I always really wanted to do because um, my Croatian identity has always been really important to me. So when I had the opportunity to live in Croatia and apply for this program, it was kind of a no-brainer on my end. Yeah, me and George both, you know, when we met in high school, we were very connected to our Croatian identity. And that's sort of what, you know, sparked our friendship initially. And it built from there. And this was always a dream of ours to come out to Croatia and to learn the Croatian language. Because, you know, we really never learned it growing up, even though we do have the Croatian roots. Uh, mine are from Herzegovina, from Veljaci. Uh, George, you want to talk about yours a little bit? Yeah, so... um my dad's parents were born on the island of Huar, um, and then they came to America, they came to Central California, where they were grape growers. And there was a pretty big Croatian community out there, actually a lot of people from from Huar like, uh, moved to that same area and were the grape growers. So you can see, if you keep an eye out, you look on grape packaging and you'll notice Croatian names and stuff like that. Um, so that's my dad's side. And then my mom's side, um, both of her parents were born in, uh, Los Angeles, but they're both a hundred percent Croatian. So their parents were born in Croatia. So my grandfather's 
my maternal grandfather's parents are from also from Herzegovina, Klobuk, so near you. Mm-hmm. And then my mom's mom's parents are from Konavle, just south of Dubrovnik, near the airport. Yeah, you got the whole family tree going over here. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cousins out there, so that was probably the the coolest part of being in Croatia, um, connecting with all of them. I'm, I've known um, a decent amount of them beforehand because I've been to Croatia before, and also they would come out and visit us here in america so there was already a familiarity with everyone but being there for 10 months obviously got a lot closer yeah definitely a cool experience for us um let's talk about the program a little more so it's called croaticum um you know we found out about it we applied you had to put in some paperwork proving that you have croatian roots um there's an option to put um uh, what's it called when people write the the letters for you why can't I think of the word? Recommendation. The recommendation letters. You had a couple of those. What college did you go to again? <laughs> I graduated, I swear. I'm just losing my English over here. That's the problem. But uh, yeah, I put some recommendation letters. Not too difficult of paperwork. And we got in. And we both decided to quit our jobs there on the spot. The day, the morning of um, the announcement that we heard we got in, we quit our jobs that same day. And then, yep. oh, what, a week later... Two weeks later, we decided, uh, two weeks later, we came out here to Croatia, to Zagreb. And George, if you could talk a little bit about like how big of a decision that was for you. I mean, you quit your job, you left everything behind to come out to do this language program. Why? Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it was, uh, you know, a really important thing in my heart to do something like this. Um, I've always really felt connected to my Croatian heritage. So yeah, it was a big decision um to obviously leave and quit a job in the middle of the pandemic um but it was like i never really uh, faltered in my decision making i knew that it was what i wanted to do and that i was making the right decision so there was no hesitancy or feelings of regret right after i was really happy that i was able to do that and um my family was really supportive too. Everyone thought it was a super cool opportunity. Um, so it was just all in all, um, really positive experience. And I'm happy that I ended up making that decision for sure. But I can understand how, you know, some people might look from the outside and kind of think that you're crazy for quitting your job and moving to Croatia to just take a class. But, um, for me, it was really important. Yeah, that, that's pretty much the same for me. I felt the same exact way. And I mean, I really I really enjoyed the program, and I know you did too, and I'll let you talk about yeah. that in a little bit. But, um, you know, basically what the program is, is, you know, you come out here to, there's a couple different cities. It's what, Zagreb, Split, Rijeka, or Osijek? Those that's four, right, yeah. Those yeah. four cities where they have this program in one of the universities there in those cities, and you go to class every day, you know, five days a week, uh, two hour, 15 minute class taking Croatian language. Uh, they set you up in a dorm. We're here in Svetno Nasilje, a student dorm for the University of Zagreb. And, you know, you get a um, discounted meals at the Menza, the cafeteria they have here for students. Um, what else? I mean, they've got an office where they'll help you with paperwork and, you know, getting your citizenship. And George went through them. And got his citizenship fast-tracked and just got that recently. Congrats, by the way. 
Thank you, thank you. And I'm currently working with them to get mine pushed through. Um, but yeah, it's sort of a all-inclusive, you know, heritage program. There's also, they offer other classes you can take at the same time, also included in the um, stipendia, the scholarship. Um, but right now, because of Corona, they're not offering those. So unfortunately, we weren't able to take like the history classes or the uh, history of language or Croatian culture class. There's a couple of those, some cool ones that, you know, I'm definitely interested in taking next semester if those open back up. But um, yeah, George, if you want to talk about your experience a little bit and, you know, how you felt the program was. Yeah, so you kind of touched up on the basics, but um, classes were really cool and you know, Croatia is a very, Croatian language is um, really difficult and it's kind of daunting to take on, but they do a great job of um, making it easy for beginners. So I didn't really know much Croatian beforehand. Um, my dad speaks um, and my mom claims that she can understand a little bit. So just because of that, there wasn't, uh, you know, we weren't talking at home. So I never really got too much of the language besides words here and there. Um, but I had always heard how difficult it is of a language to learn. So, you know, I knew that if I was ever going to take on that task, it was probably best to really go all in on it and move to Croatia and do something like this program. So that's why when I found out about this program, it was kind of like a dream come true. Um, but yeah, like you said, you have the classes for two hours a day. We both started in the beginner lesson level, um, mm -hmm. which is A1. And they kind of just started from the beginning um, with, um, you know, took it case by case because Croatian has the, the padage, which makes the language really difficult. But um, they took us case by case and didn't throw too much of it at each time. And, you know, I remember that first week just thinking like it was so hard with all the cha endings changing and I was thinking like oh god I'm I'm never going to learn this language it's just going to be too hard and by the end of the 10 months because um, we did that first semester last spring then we did a summer school and split and then we did this uh, fall semester right now and I'm pretty happy with the um, level of uh, my speaking abilities and I, I learned a lot so it definitely, um, the program is 100% worth it. The teachers do a good job. It's really interactive. We did presentations and speaking exercises. It's not just like you're learning from the book and hearing lectures, like you're actually doing it. And then additionally, just the aspect of living in Croatia, you learn just as much outside of the classroom than you do inside, which is really cool. And because in the class, you're learning the standard Croatian like kind of by the book but as you know Croatian like there's so many different dialects depending on what region you're in and there's so much slang so you pick up a, on a lot of that stuff when you're outside of the classroom so it's a good uh, combination of being in the classroom and then actually living the Croatian lifestyle day to day yeah and there yeah there is a lot of slang here especially in Zagreb I mean I don't, I don't even know so much about the other places but just from our 10 months here in Zagreb you know I can tell you there's a lot of slang and a lot of the words that they're using here aren't the ones you know that I learned in the classroom so definitely you have to supplement you know your learning but I mean you're here you're living here in the city so I mean it's not like that's something that's difficult and that's one of the benefits of being able to come here in person and 
be a part of this program. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, another thing that's cool is like seeing people that are in your same situation. Um, but like from all across the world and, you know, all kinds of different people with Croatian roots. I mean, there's a lot of people from South America. Um, we had some people in our class from Japan, from Korea, um, other parts of Europe, just all over. And it's really interesting. And like the ages are widespread. You know, I have some, I think the youngest person I've met in the program is 18 and the oldest is maybe there's like 40 something. So it's, I mean, it's not just, you know, people our age and it's really cool to see all these different people coming back to try and, um, you know, discover their roots and learn the Croatian language and take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. Um, trying to think, are there any, are there any other aspects of the program or, you know, of your 10 months here in Zagreb, you want to talk about, you know, what was some of your favorite parts? Um, I mean, the summer, I think for me was, and the classes are great and everything, but you can't beat the Croatian summer. That's probably, that was my favorite, favorite part so far in these last 10 months. Yeah. Summer, summer was amazing. Obviously, um, Croatia is, I think probably the best place in the world to spend summer vacation. Um, so we did summer school and split and that was not a part of the scholarship. We just did that, um, on our own just because we knew we were going to have to fill our time some way in the summer and we wanted to keep improving. So that was through the university of split. Um, that was kind of a, actually it wasn't that much of a smaller class, but it was a, you know, we kind of jumped up a level to make it work. Um, so we stayed there and split for three weeks and that was a lot of fun and, learn a lot that way as well and you know they speak a little different in split too um so it was nice to hear some or see some of the, those differences live going from zagreb to split mm -hmm. um and then during the summer um you know when that was over um stayed with family on Huar. um we went to i went to klobuk went to cornerblay so saw all sides of the family stayed a little bit in Makoska with you and then some of our friends from Los Angeles. The, we have a, you know, the Croatian church in Los Angeles, St. Anthony is a lot of friends there. And those guys were visiting. So it was nice to, to see them in Makoska and the summer just, it's so, it's so great and relaxing. And we were lucky that we were there during a Euro cup year. Um, so we got to experience that and, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was the Spain game we were watching in split in the fan zone. And mm -hmm. that was, that was amazing to watch that comeback. And unfortunately we didn't finish the job um, in that game, but we did get to watch Croatia live in Poljud for the Croatia Russia game yeah. um, to qualify for the world cup. And it was a torrential downpour, but it was <laughs> a truly um, unforgettable experience. So I think, um, that was probably one of the coolest things I did in Croatia because Croatian Nogomed is so important to me. And I've been following it closely since uh, the 2006 World Cup. And I spent a lot of time just reading about the players and any news. Um, so being able to watch a live game was a bucket list item for me. Yeah, that was super cool. That's got to be up there. Top couple moments for me here in Croatia so far. Tell yeah, them, uh, a late win. Story. Yeah. Tell them the story about the trash bags and <laughs> the uh, jersey. Yeah. Um, so we're going down to split. <laughs> we're taking a um, a blah blah car, which is basically like uh, organized hitchhiking. Um, 
and when as we're going through Zadar, like it's pretty sunny, and I had been hearing that there's going to be rain. Um, so I was like, oh, we should be fine. Like it's sunny over here. And, and then as we get closer to split, it, it starts raining. And I'm like, oh, okay, this this isn't great. And then, you know, we're walking around the stadium and the rain is really starting to come down now. And our jackets are getting wet and it didn't really seem like there was going to be too much break in the rain. Um, and, you know, uh, the stadium has two covered ends. So we were hoping that our seats were going to be under the covering. But unfortunately, when you buy the cheapest tickets, they <laughs> don't often give you the best seating. So we were on the north end with no um, cover. So we were pretty prepared to get soaked for the game. And then we, you know, but we see people putting on these uh, ponchos or parkas or plastic plastic ponchos. So we're like, okay, we should probably buy one of those. And so we go and ask someone, like, hey, where do you buy those? And they're like, the whole city's been sold out for like three days. What are you guys doing? Like, what do you, what do you expect? Um, and I, I think uh, right around then, you know, your jacket was pretty soaked, mm-hmm. but you wanted, you were wearing your Croatia jersey under. So you wanted to, you were like, oh, I want people to see that I'm wearing a Croatia jersey. So you take off your soaked jacket um, and your shirt and you put on uh, your jacket underneath on your bare skin, your soaked jacket and put your jersey on over the top. And then right after that, I see a guy with giant trash bags and I ask him if we could borrow them or if we could have somebody. He's like, yeah, here you go. So then we put on these giant trash bags, poke holes through. And then you ended up just putting on a soaking wet jacket on your bare skin so you could have people see your jersey, but then you covered up your jersey with a giant trash bag. <laughs> a giant blue <laughs> trash bag. Can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It barely even uh, helped. Industrial got, size. Yeah, it was a huge one. We got soaked still the entire game. It, it almost didn't yeah. even help. And then, yeah. Um, and then we just sat in the north end, and it was like, if anyone watched that game, you saw in the second half, half how sloppy it got and mm-hmm. how soaked the, the field was and that was basically the same as us. Like we were just soaked to the bone. Um, but shout out to Alan Kresic in um, Split, who took care of us after the game. He was our host during summer, mm-hmm. and he, um, you know, gave us some prosciutto and sear after and dried our clothes. So if you're ever gonna go sit through a rain rainy game, make sure you have someone to take care of you after. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Alan. Great guy. Thank you, Alan. Um, well, let's get into the, the football a little, the Nogomet, soccer as we call it in the States, and mm-hmm. maybe Canada, not too sure about that. How excited are you for this World Cup? Uh, I'm really excited. Um, it should be a good one. Um, <clears throat> kind of seems like things are coming together again. We, you know, we always kind of have shaky qualifying campaigns. But we were able to put it together at the end and put on some impressive performances and figure out some pieces like you finally uh, finally integrating guys like uh, Borna Sosa and Yoshko Clariol, some of those younger guys with a ton of potential. And we were kind of just waiting for them to get their shot. And then they got it towards the end of qualifying and put on incredible performances. Um, so having those young players... Um, with a ton of potential they're only going to get better from now until the world cup um and if you are following like not just those two players but they've like they're playing in the bundesliga and they're like 
some of the best players in the league um, in defense. So those are important, and those are important positions for us. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and of course, Luca, he's still. I mean, what is he? 30, 37 now, or he's turning 37, might even be turning 38. And he's still the main guy at Real Madrid, which is absolutely incredible. If you look at um, some of those other Real Madrid or um, like Spanish league um, midfield legends, like Xavi, Iniesta, um, Zidane, Zidane um, none of them were doing um, what Modric, Modric is doing at his age. Um so we're still going to have him pulling all the strings. Um, Mateo Kovacic, Brozovic, we're going to have, I think, the best midfield in the world. Um, so we just got to make sure we can put together the pieces up top to hopefully uh, Kramaric um, can figure it out and poke some goals in for us. Because I think we can have another really big deep run. And It's a little unfortunate that the World Cup is going to be in winter because it's going to be too hot in Qatar. So it'll be a little different vibe, I guess. Um, but I'm still expecting Croatia to put on a show. For us fans, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's also um, the Winter um, World Cup will be interesting for the players too because it's going to be put in the middle of like their club season. Mm -hmm. um, so, And I think the... Win window for the world cup is a little bit shorter now so you know they're going to be coming off games from playing in their club and looking forward to their next club games because um, it's all sandwiched in there um so it'll be an interesting dynamic and hopefully there's no injuries that are going on because we're gonna have a really talented roster to go out there and compete yeah i agree absolutely yeah everything right now is sort of unprecedented it seems so i mean you yeah. just have to take it in stride and do the best with yeah. what's going on. What do you think and is the biggest... Sorry, go oh, ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, hopefully a goalkeeper um, steps up too. I think we have some talented guys, but we just need someone to take um, take that by the reins and really command from the back. Uh, yeah, what's the deal with that? We still don't have a um, like a solid first string yet? Uh, it was looking like it was going to be Livakovic, um, but he kind of he got, kind of got shaky at the end. Um so Ivo Gurbic, who plays in France right now, he finished the campaign and he wasn't really tested too much in those last two games. Um, so we didn't see too much, but he's he's playing well in France. And then I forget the fella's name, and but he's a goalkeeper from Osijek. He was playing um, when he, we played Slovakia and Brozovic had that last uh, minute goal. Um, this goalkeeper from Osijek had a lot of big saves, but he was hurt to finish up the qualifying. So we kind of have three guys that, you know, if they're playing on top of their game, they can be great, but the consistency just needs to be there. Yeah. What do you think is going to be the biggest difference in between, between, you know, this year's squad and the world cup squad of 2018? Well, um, since that, uh, 2018 World Cup run, we still haven't um, found a replacement for Mario Mandzukic. His presence up top is just, you can't really replace it. And um, Andre Kramaric is super talented as a striker, and he puts in a ton of goals for Hoffenheim. But it just kind of seems like he's not meshing 
super well with our style of play. Um, Cause you know, we got Pedersic who can, you know, throw in crosses and that was perfect for a target man, like super Mario. Um, but we're just kind of missing that. And no one has necessarily stepped up. We tried putting in Bruno Petkovic, um, mm-hmm. but he, he's not the same type of player. Um, so I, th- I still think we need to hopefully find someone to step up at the top at striker. But I mean, if you look across the, the board, you could say that we're more talented um, right now than 2018, you know, mm-hmm. definitely at positions like left back with Borna Sosa. Um, I mean, he's just, he, he's a, I, I know it's, he kind of had that Germany thing going on where he was thinking of switching allegiances, but we're really lucky that we ended up keeping him because he's a world cap class player at a position of need. Um, Yoshko Gavariol is a, uh, elite um center back modern center back who can do just about anything so um i you know i love um Lovren and vita but he, he can this guy he's young but he can do a little bit more and is a little more um has more weapons in the arsenal so and then of course the midfield's only gotten better um i mean we're we lose rakitic but Kovacic is playing world-class, Brozovic is playing world-class, Modric is playing world-class. Um, so I don't think we'll miss a beat over there. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a great new class of um, yeah. players. Yeah, Perkulo, Vlasic, um, Josip Juranovic on the right back. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's stepped in great for Shime Versalko being hurt for basically since the World Cup. I really like him as well, so. Yeah. Good things are definitely to come. I really just yeah. hope we can, you know, some like you said, the qualifiers, we seem to play kind of shaky in those, but I hope we can just sort of, you know, start off strong and then keep it that way the whole time. Yeah. But definitely, yeah, should be really exciting this winter. Uh, what is it, the end of this year? December or something? Um, yeah, I think it may be like the end of November into like mid-December or something like that. So Zagreb will be having its Advent stuff. So I think that could be a really cool dynamic with the World Cup and the Advent going on. Uh That would be a fun trip for any um, Croatian, not just, I mean, any Croatian, but just any tourist in general. That I think that would be really cool because those uh, watch parties in Trigban Jelicic, they're uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, those are super cool. Everyone lighting flares and they got the little yeah. concerts going and everyone packed in the square. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, let's move a little to some of the other Croatian hobbies or some of the other hobbies that you're involved in. Um, let me set the theme here by saying how when we first came to Croatia, me and you, we uh, reached out to Croatia Week, and this is how I got in contact with the people here at Croatia Week, um, because, you know, we wanted to tell our story about the program, and we're here in Croatia, and we did, and then we um, we filmed a YouTube video that got, for us, kind of popular. In reality, it was only, what, yeah. maybe like <laughs> 5,000 views or something? Something like that. Maybe it has 6,000. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it. We'll round but it had, like, 13,000 on Instagram, too, I think, so... Yeah, when you combine that, it's basically, it's like a million, a million yeah. views um, about Stipe Miocic. 
and we were interviewing people on the streets and, you know, that got put on Croatia week too. And, you know, that's sort of how we started the relationship there with Croatia week. But with the videos we were making, um, the video was sort of a part of another corporation that we've been involved in. Not really a corporation. It's just me, George, and another friend called Doghouse TV. And, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to talk a little corporation, bit about... is, corporation is the right word. Yeah, it, it could be an S corp. Is that what they call it? I'm not sure. But yeah, tell yeah. us a little about a uh, doghouse and you know how we started that and where we went with that. Mm, so doghouse TV um, was basically our sketch comedy um, channel on YouTube, Instagram, and and TikTok. Um, and you know we've always really loved comedy. Uh, me and you and our other buddy Tyler. So, you know, we have our notes app and we just put down ideas and it was the pandemic. So we kind of just figured let's start acting on these ideas that we have and put together some content. Um, and that was, you know, when things are really blowing up, like TikTok was huge and it was just seemed like a good time to, you know, try and actually follow up on these ideas that we have. So we had our friend Mackie Alvarez, shout out to her make a logo for us and that basically launched doghouse tv and you know started out doing weekly sketches comedy sketches um premiere um and they would premiere every wednesday um and it was basically just minute videos of these uh, sketch ideas that we had but it was a lot of fun and we put a lot of effort into it producing them and you know we'd meet at tyler's usually and film them and you know, have some friends join in and they were pretty well received. Um, so it was just a really good, fun experience. And, um, Tyler is actually half Croatian too. So it ended up being three Croatian guys making these videos. He actually came out to split with us in the summer. And before he came, we thought like, Oh, we're going to film a bunch more videos while we're here and put out some more content. And then we ended up just being at the beach all day for what yeah. the two weeks that he was here. <laughs> Didn't film anything. Yeah. Tyler actually still owes me some money from that trip. Yes, me too. Actually, we should uh, repo that soon. Yeah. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah, those dollars will transfer well into the Kuna. Um, yeah. But that doghouse sort of stemmed, and then ended up, you know, turning into something more, which is your comedy. I won't say career. I won't call it a career. Because it's definitely not that. No, don't. <laughs> don't don't call it that. <laughs> your comedy aspirations. Tell us a little uh, about um, you know, your stand-up and what you're doing right now and how you started doing that. Yeah, so um, sort of the same idea as Doghouse. I'd always um, liked the idea of stand-up. And, um, so it was always something I wanted to do. And when I moved to New York in 2019, I decided to... Um, kind of just play around in that uh, space because New York is all obviously known for its comedy. So I took a comedy class, stand-up comedy class at the Comedy Cellar, and I really enjoyed it. And I had uh, two showcases through that. Um, so I got to perform, and it went, it went well, so it made me eager to keep doing it. So I started doing open mics and stuff in New York and some other shows. And it was a ton of fun. And unfortunately, that kind of got cut short by the pandemic. Um, so I moved back to L.A. and there really weren't a ton of opportunities to stand up at the time. 
because of the pandemic, obviously. But towards the end, before we moved to Croatia, me and you, we found some outdoor mics to go to and we were practicing a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, then moved to Croatia, of course. Um, and again, there aren't a ton of opportunities in Croatia to do stand-up either. They have some stuff, but it's all in uh, Croatian. And I didn't think that my, um, my set would translate well. So I didn't really pers- try to pursue anything. But the writing stayed and I kept on writing jokes and writing ideas and, you know, going over stuff in my head. Um, so now, now that I've been back here in L.A., um, I've been doing open mics and doing stuff and shows. And that's actually it was really something I really missed in Croatia. And one of the reasons I wanted to come back was to keep pursuing this, uh, as you called it, aspiration. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we did see some open mics in Croatia, in Zagreb. Um, maybe just in Zagreb we saw a couple, but th- there weren't really any that we found in English. I mean, maybe we didn't look hard enough, but I mean, I guess that was sort of the problem that you were having, and you know why you thought yeah. it was better to go back to LA to work on that. But tell us, um, yeah. you were telling me the other day, a couple of weeks ago. About your idea to come back in the summer and in Makarska, Makarska, or uh, where'd you say, or split somewhere, anywhere on the coast where there's tourists, you know, maybe you can find some English stand up um, shows, open mic shows, and you can do some stuff there yeah. while you're vacationing. I was just thinking, you know, of course, Croatia is one of the biggest tourist destinations in the world. So I was thinking if you really did want to build out um, comedy in Croatia, I think it would make sense to start on the coast during the summer because there's a bunch of tourists and um, a lot of people from all over the world. So you can do like a a set that would work in America and do it there um, because it's not, you you know, you wouldn't be expected to just do it in Croatian um, because everyone speaks English in, in the summer. Um, so I was thinking if you go to one of those big tourist destinations like Split or Gorohar or Makarska or in Dubrovnik and you started to build something out there, I think it could catch fire quickly, at least in the summer months. And then who knows what happens after. Yeah, maybe it can grow from there. But yeah, I think you're right. It's got to start in the summer. And if there's anyone listening yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. that can help us, I mean, or wants to put this on or help put this on or be a part of it, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. They, I mean, there's a ton of, there's like yacht week and mm-hmm. people coming in and out of Croatia daily. So there's a lot of cool things. I think you could do it around and there's the, uh, what's that festival or music festival and split. I think it's ultra. So there's yeah. a, like a lot of events like that. So there's definitely um, a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a possibility. And hopefully this summer we can, you know, get that going. I don't think we'll bring back yeah. the two-man comedy set again because that didn't work the first time we tried that. The so. hidden set the <laughs> at Flappers. <laughs> Flappers in Burbank, California. Oof. The set that... First time I've ever seen stand-up. <laughs> in, that was like 28... That was 2019, I think. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was rough. Um, but we're a lot better now, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't test us. Actually, yeah. speaking of testing you, I warned you I would ask you this. You said you're quite the impressionist. Can you give us oh. a couple of your impressions? Okay. Um, yeah, this one. I'm Gilbert Gottfried. 
you know you know how everyone just says their name so that's hey, it hey who was that <laughs> who was that impression that, that was uh bob saget oh, oh all right. too soon too soon come on all right do you have one more you i was actually one. trying to say john stamos but then i said bob saget i'm sorry too soon that's not right i'll have to edit that out give me the christopher <laughs> walken i've heard a lot about this and i haven't heard oh, this in about two walken. weeks since you left so yeah the girls really like this one in college hey you know mother always said pancakes are best for breakfast wow <laughs> i mean this there's is... a little uh, jerry seinfeld b movie in there um there's something that should i need be to work on getting that out yeah there's some wrong ingredient all right well let's uh <laughs> let's move I'm not on an from impressionist. the comedy kind of <laughs> yeah. yeah i forced this i forced this on you um i'll edit those out don't worry <laughs> well let's i want to talk about one last hobby of yours that uh of ours i should say that we both did here in zagreb and we both did in la and you're doing again back in la let's talk about the boxing i mean we were both boxing oh, yeah. before we came out here in um with chris what's his last name i don't even know his last name chris uh camarena yeah, with Chris yeah. Hey, over in Pasadena. We were boxing with him. You know, we got really interested, you know, following Stipe Miocic and, you know, boxers. We got interested in, you know, MMA and boxing, decided to take it up. And then we came out to Zagreb and we were looking for a place and we found a great place at uh, Tristo 300 in Zagreb. And, you know, I'm still training there right now. George was training there these last 10 months with me until he just went back recently. I mean, tell me a little bit why, you know, you like boxing and why you like training. Yeah, uh, I love boxing. It's a ton of fun. It's a great workout. Um, I don't know. I think mostly, I mean, yeah, um, I love watching Stipe Miocic. So um, I think after he beat Cormier the third time, that was like, two Augusts ago and then we started boxing shortly after that thinking that you know when Steve retires we can pick up where he left off <laughs> so we still have a little bit of time um but mostly just like I don't know working out kind of sucks I hate running so I like doing something other than that like doing a, some sort of sport whether it's basketball or Nogum it's fun too but boxing um you kind of just need gloves and can jump in there you don't need a um, teammates and stuff or put together a squad you can just find someone a trainer or you don't even need a trainer you could just start hitting the bag um so it's kind of a low um barrier of entry but it's a really good workout and it's a lot of fun um sparring is cool too so boxing I, you know growing up it was never something i thought i would do but picking up during the pandemic and following through with that in croatia and um coach coach ruda at three stove is amazing um and has a really good setup over there so it just kind of furthered that love for boxing yeah shout out to our trainer ruda great guy great people in general over at three stove yeah a really good group that we're working with um yeah boxing was a lot of fun what do you think of this youtube boxing though Are you a fan this new uh new phase that everyone's into yeah um i think it's cool getting a lot of eyes on boxing i like more what um like jake paul i think is doing it pretty is doing it right you know he's actually fighting fighters um 
like Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley. Um, so I, th- I like the way he's doing it. I don't necessarily like the stuff that his brother Logan Paul is doing with those like exhibitions with Floyd. I mean, I didn't watch that, but it kind of just seemed a little hacky and kind of a money grab. And it wasn't an actual competition that they were going out there, winner and loser. They were saying he was saying he wanted to do something with Mike Tyson. So I'm not as interested in that. But, you know, someone like Jake goes in there and actually Jake Paul actually goes in there and really cares about it, which it seems like he does and puts on um, real competitions against guys who also want to put him on his butt. I think it's good for the sport. Um, so I, I have no problem with it. It's, it's entertaining. It, it can be exciting. Um, so I think it's good. You know, I have to say, you're probably one of the select few that are a Jake Paul fan. I mean, I don't know how I necessarily, like, I like, I don't know, because I do want to see him lose, too. But I like, I also like it when he wins, too, because then it just keeps everything building up until he does lose. I don't know, like, I, I wanted Tyron Woodley to knock him out both times I, uh, both times they fought. But then after... I was like, oh, I'm kind of happy Jake won. So I don't know. And I guess that's his whole thing. He wants people to stay engaged. So he's doing something right. um, And I'm falling for it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is entertaining. And I wouldn't mind myself if, uh, you know, maybe here in Croatia something happened, maybe a charity event. And one of the influencers here asked me to, you know, box them. That would be really cool. I'd be doing the same thing. I think you would need a a charity event in your name after you try to do a boxing. (laughs) Well, I'm um, trying to stick to the 12 and under division, so I I might be okay. Yeah. I mean, even then, Croatians are tall. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I always felt like I was a good height back in the U.S. and here I'm always looking up. Yeah. What are you, like 5'9? Six, six, one. Okay. Six, five on a good day. Well, let me, we're about to wrap things up here. I want to ask you one thing that I've been asking everyone so far, which truth be told, I have recorded a couple other podcasts, but this is going to be the first one released uh, or so I'm told, but you know, you guys can pretend I didn't say that, but let me ask you, Carlo Asco or Ojusko? Uh, I like them both, but I think more often than not, I always ask uh, Carlo Asco first if they, if they have that. Hmm. You know, the it's hard for me to say Ojoisko. So a lot of times I'll just get a Carlo Vasco <laughs> just yeah. for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll call it a, a Julia. Yeah. My, my uncle told me Julia. So I've been saying that. I feel pretty cool. And then they say something. Yeah, you always like back. to be Pomaton and say those little things. Yeah, I like to spice it up a but little bit. But then butcher all the rest. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, well, George, I think um, that's all the time we have here for today. But, you know, thanks a bunch for coming on. It was good talking with you. I uh, got some laughs, you know, especially when you uh, were doing those impressions. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, don't forget to remind me to edit those out. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, thanks again for coming on. And, you know, I hope everyone that's going to be listening enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, Stanko. I appreciate it. That's it for today's episode of the All Things Croatia podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you all enjoyed it. You can subscribe to the Patreon and check out the All Things Croatia Instagram page to stay updated. Feel free to reach out to me with any questions, tips, or ideas, and make sure to tune back in to the next episode. Thanks again, and vidimo se!